Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. When Big Mobile charges you an arm and a leg, they're taking your money and your power. And your arm and leg. Boost Mobile gives your power back with an unlimited plan for $25 a month on one of America's largest 5G networks. We can't give you back your arm and your leg because we're not qualified surgeons. Unless you're an iguana who can grow limbs back. Switch to Boost and get an unlimited plan for $25 a month. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. New customers only. One line, $25 per month with auto pay. Additional restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com for details. Oh, hi. Hello. Welcome to the Let's Go Eat Show. Uh, my name's Bill Allred, and I kind of run the show. And today, we're really happy to have with us Tyler Glenn. Now, this is a, an episode we recorded a while ago, but um, it's as fresh as everything. Tyler Glenn, lead singer, Neon Trees, one of the co-founders of the band Neon Trees. Many of you uh, who are listening to this podcast, probably you know him. You, you love him, you adore him, you've been a Neon Trees fan forever, and this is the first time you've ever checked out the Let's Go Eat show. I hope we show you a side of Tyler Glenn that you, you didn't really know or you weren't aware of. He's gone through a lot recently, and he's come out of that a better person, a happier person, and you know, he's a really interesting person. He was interesting before he went through this kind of transformation that he'll talk about, but he's maybe even more interesting now. Uh, Neon Trees is uh, uh, sort of back together and recording new material as of this recording, and uh, that stuff is great as well. I really admire Tyler Glenn. He's um, sensitive, he's smart, he's charming, and, and a hell of a good interview, I think. So here it is. Tyler Glenn of Neon Trees on the Let's Go Eat Show. Uh, Tyler Glenn, Neon Trees. Let's get right to it. Yeah. Here on the Let's Go Eat Show. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, happy to. Yeah, your headphones good and all yeah. that. You can control them right here. If you or I turned them uh, all all the way up. Okay. Uh, so here, so uh, uh, I wanted to talk to you a long, a long time because I I don't know a lot about your origin story. Okay. Uh, neon trees. Uh, how long have you guys been together now? Uh, we, uh, 2005, I guess I would say is when we all met up and down in Provo. But you, you don't, you're not originally from Provo. No, I grew up in Southern California, Temecula. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of near San Diego. Um, and I brought up LDS, went on a mission and then moved right after my mission to Utah. To go to BYU? I didn't go to BYU. No, I was my guitar player who also grew up in Temecula he while I was on my mission he went to Provo to sort of just like pursue college and a girl and Mm -hmm. that whole thing and I I was kind of like okay well I don't want to go to Provo but I'll move there because I want to play music with you and my whole goal was just to grab him back to California and then we could like start the band but 
he wasn't having it. And then I discovered Provo actually had like an interesting scene that was budding. That's, it, it does, and it's mm-hmm. amazing, isn't yeah. it? I mean, who who comes out of there? You you guys, Imagine, Imagine Dragons. Dragons um, Fictionist, Moth in the Flame. And, and then... The uh, Killers, the, kind of. The Killers have an association. Mm-hmm. Um, th- and there's a lot of new bands so, sort of budding too, so it's cool. Uh, and that's what I just kind of... We were actually doing better there than we were in the big, vast metropolis of like, la san diego mm-hmm. so we ended up getting signed and from from provo in like 2008 so it's a, you and uh and what's uh your chris name? allen is our guitar player and uh he, and he, he was the guy you came uh, with followed uh, yeah from yeah. california yeah. and uh and then there have been some other band members but you have a really uh, pretty solid yeah our core. yeah the, the kind of the the neon trees most of the mainstream i guess would know like since our Signed is the band that's always been the yeah. entries, but uh, we y- Elaine we started and, uh, Elaine and Brandon, yeah, yeah, Brandon, yeah. We went through a few early uh, incarnations, but it's always been me and Chris kind of as the form. Uh, so you did you grow up with Chris? Yeah, he's a little older, but we were in the same ward in church and the same. Uh, I mean, literally around the corner. So, mm-hmm. do you, and your your do your parents live here now? No, they live in. Marietta, Temecula, oh, still, yeah. They're still in, in California. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, uh, you, have you become, do you think, a Utah boy? <laughs> I think so. It's I haven't changed my uh, my uh, license, my ID yet. Yeah, it's oh, still, still California? It's still 2009. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I look like a vampire in it. <laughs> really? Uh, it's from 2009. Is it but with the blonde hair? No, look, it's even worse. Oh, my God. I look like What's, Glenn what, Danzig. What is up with that? <laughs> I wish I wish we could take uh, Amish goth. It's really bizarre. You I have, have no idea what it's doing. Killer widow's peak. <clears throat> yeah, Eddie Munster thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, I guess I am. But I also like just changed my address finally mm-hmm. from my parents' address. Neon I just was and, on. and the name the name comes from uh, what neon trees? I know, but tell people. Um, it's that's my least favorite question in the world. Is it? Yeah, I you still have to answer it. Um, you could not. You don't, don't no. answer it. Don't, no, don't no, it's to. stupid. I, no, it's fine. I will. It's ninth grade uh, in and out burger. Me and my friends were sitting there, and they had the one I was would go at had actual neon palm tree lights. Mm-hmm. So we were called the neon palm trees for a second, and then neon. I kind of like that. Neon palm trees. Neon palm trees. It's I a little. It's a little more to say. But yeah, it's yeah. a little more to say. Uh, so, so talk about uh, if you would uh, growing up and uh, growing up with. In music, how that happened in your life? Mm. Um, I don't know how it happened. I know m- my parents would play music in in the house, um, we, like Michael Jackson, Eric Clapton, um, Ronnie Millsap. It's, it's like a weird assortment. Country stuff. Weird some, assortment. Some country yeah. stuff too. Huh? And then a lot of Michael Jackson. And then I, I think they just like knew I could. I was musical and we could dance, and they just I don't know. They were just very encouraging of me to like. You're not good at soccer. You're not good at all that. So let's put you into something active. And I was in dance classes and dance classes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I had this musicality, and I would sing in church, and I would try out for talent shows and stuff. And then I think it's when I discovered like punk rock and um, music in about seventh, eighth grade is when I had my own taste. Is when I like was like, oh, I can be in a band. What? And I don't necessarily still to this day know how to play a ton of instruments like. I know how, but it's very self-taught. Uh-huh. But there's just this um, romance I have with music. And Did you give I up dance? 
uh i did because i got bullied um i was like uh, 12 yeah i know it's sad but uh then i yeah, i mean it is it's, it's bullshit. Dumb. It's, it's bullshit i mean it's yeah. bullshit that any you know so so what if you're a kid that's a 12 year old boy and a good dancer then be a dancer you know? it was that weird time where we i think now kids like it's so kind of cool now to be to dance and to like mm-hmm. be artistic so that i like I'm, I'm really glad kids can grow up feeling pretty accepted so what you, about what year was that uh, um, when you were like 12 and being trying 92 to be, maybe 93. in the early 90s yeah. and, and uh, trying to be a dancer and an artistic kid and yeah and you got bullied so for sure so you got to toughen up i toughened up and i got into nine inch nails and depeche mode and mm-hmm. the cure and <laughs> through that phase yeah, hated uh, my dad. Is that kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I uh, I don't know about. I know you love your mother a lot. I love my dad too. I know, but I I, I can I, joke I, about. I just uh, I because I, I I saw you give a talk and with your mom and mm, she's incredible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. so you so you uh, you do you do music and what was your first band? Uh, it was called Static Prone, which is a terrible band name. Static I, I'm not prone? an ace at band names, am I? <laughs> Neon Trees well, is cool. It's all right, yeah. It's, it's, you're it's like, it's all right. <laughs> but it's, it's, no, it's good. Static Prone's it's, but, awful. But Neon Palm Trees Neon is Neon Palm is Trees. Not, you like it better. No, I don't really. Okay, it's, good. <laughs> it's, no, Neon Trees is... And Neon Trees is uh, uh, a good name, too, because it's... It is. It's sort of mysterious. Mm. I mean, you you wouldn't really know That's what why it is. That's why you don't like to answer the question. Yeah, I used to want to say it's like an Allen Ginsberg line in a you know poem or something. Uh, just be all like yeah. poetic, but yeah, it's a. It wouldn't food. work on me. I know a lot of Allen fast Ginsberg. Food. Well, yeah, I know. I do too. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of your, is he really one of your favorites? Yeah, I. Too. I was a. Uh, yeah, I loved the whole slam poetry beat movement. Um, yeah, and I think him being gay or sort of experimenting and like kind of queer and kind of owning it kind of inspired me early on like oh there's ways to express yourself and not you know be yourself you're not going to believe this but i danced with alan ginsburg once are you kidding me no i was at a a concert here in salt lake and it was at the at the old fairgrounds when they uh, i don't know if you were around when they had still had they called it the dirt five so i don't yeah they called it the dirt palace it was uh, okay it was a stock. It's where they used to auction animals, but then they would have concerts there as well. And uh, I saw a lot of great bands there. I mean, I saw Jane's Addiction there. Wow. But years ago, I was uh, in high school, and I was uh, at a, a Buffalo. I think it was Buffalo Springfield, and I can't remember a couple of other bands. Uh, and Young Bloods. That's right, Young Bloods, Buffalo Springfield, and Allen Ginsberg was, was there at the show. Yeah. He just was, I think he was just kind of following Buffalo Springfield mm-hmm. around. Or, and that was when Neil Young was with Buffalo Springfield. And, wow. And, uh, uh, they, and he was just down there on the floor and dancing. And so we just, you know, my girlfriend and I just, I went, God, that's Allen Ginsberg. And we just went down and kind of danced around with Allen Ginsberg for a little while. Didn't really talk. You know what anything. I love about that is that you didn't have a, well, whatever. It probably would have been cool to have a phone and like gotten a selfie. But you no. didn't have a phone. No, no. You just had that moment. Yeah, that's all I ask for an autograph. I don't. I don't ever the do that. Of, the selfie of the time. I, I don't ask for autographs. And yeah, I, don't I feel do. weird about it too. Yeah. Do you? Uh, you don't. Uh, but you get asked for your autograph. Sure. I. I am very mostly polite. So whenever I read anything where like that guy was a dick to me or you were rude, I'm like, eh, I'm pretty like empathetic and conscious of like. 
I don't know. I mean, to, people come up and they want to talk to you. They want to take a picture yeah, with you, and you I'm, you're pretty accommodating. I'm patient. Yeah, I because there was one time like when I I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan, and we were sitting in the same sort of area on the plane, and I was like. And I wrestle with it too. Like mm-hmm. I don't ask for people's pictures. I don't. I try to play it cool. And he and I was just. I was pretty spoofed up. Like it was 2014, and our third record for Neon Trees was very cartoonish and bright colored. And um, so I was kind of doing. I was doing promo. So I was dressed probably like a character in one of his movies. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I have an in. We're gonna like hit it off. And he was like, not having it. Not no. interested shut me down for the pick and it it made me feel like you know so small well, I, so I, mean, I always think about that and i'm kind like of, so he was kind of an asshole he was kind of an asshole but i also am like that's fine like there are times where my gut reaction is to be like i don't look like i want to be in a picture right now and i'm like mm-hmm. kind of not feeling it but i get that feeling of feeling like so small and rejected so yeah. i don't want to do that to anybody yeah i don't i'm i'm really not i don't ever i'm sure you get ask. hit up at places around i, it I go like, yeah i around around salt lake people do you almost, shut people down no i mean almost almost inevitably wherever i go somebody wants to come up Absolutely. and talk to me and i'm perfectly happy to talk to them and yeah. something and if they say could can i get a picture i said sure that's yeah no problem yeah. i it's and i know i look like shit i don't care i just you know i sometimes they, get because bugged, they but. don't care because they don't care they're not. It's mostly there. I mean, if they want to take the picture home and go, could you believe how shitty he looks? There's That's- actually one time I looked at a f- someone tweeted a photo and they had fixed me, like they had oh, done really? like the app thing. <laughs> I was like, I don't look that smooth. <laughs> it was insane. Jeez. I didn't ask for that. Uh, so uh, let's go back to uh, static prone. Oh my so, gosh! So, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so we what, have to? what kind of what kind of a band was that? Um, it was like. Creedence Clearwater Revival covers and then really green and evolved into like a Green Day sound like we started writing music mm-hmm. and I was listening to Weezer and Green Day at the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and then I think by 11th 12th grade it sounded a little more like the Smiths and the Strokes but it was like still just like really bad garage music mm-hmm. um but well, which is good it was formative yeah and it mm-hmm. like got me on stage and made me realize like this is the best drug ever and I have to do this I have to find out a way like to make this something i can do all the time because i just loved i hated being in myself in normal life in my skin but i loved being on stage vamping it up and playing this this character almost so it, yeah, I, it is really. i sought it out yeah i think i think people who are really good at uh at what you do like as you are thanks uh you know they 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 play a character when mick jagger plays a character sure. on stage he's not like that really all the time sure he's actually a quiet probably a quiet skinny older gentleman Mm -hmm. you know well and Uh, it's like it's people who are sometimes uneasy in their skin or who are very introverted and shy mm -hmm. who tend to be uh the best performers and love being Mm. on the stage uh because it's you're in control of it sure you you know it's not an unknown situation you're in control and you you are the one who decides what happens next if you're sure Mm -hmm. What uh, what kind of gigs did Static Prone play? School dances? And- um, yeah, we play like the, we played like the pod, like the common area in school, and then we had the biggest show was actually well, we did like a couple battle of the bands in San Diego and things like that. But the biggest show we played was actually our last show, and it was at the Community Rec Center, and it was a show we put on, mm-hmm. and we decided to do it up big. And there, 
like it was fun there was a stage and and but that like we had like a long set and we played probably the best we pr- ever played but it was i don't know it was just awesome um is there any is there any static prone uh, please no I music or anything uh, out there there's a cd and my old guitar player who's now just a friend and he joined the um i think he joined the air force uh but yeah no there probably is but i hope it doesn't exist you don't want like even old neon trees demos before we made, started making like studio records mm-hmm. I, i'll i'll venture back and i'm like Ooh, yeah you don't that you, was my connor oberst phase that was my <laughs> oh, dashboard professional it. phase yeah, that was yeah, my, i get it because just those eras. That's a, that's hard. It I took would, a minute to find my voice. I it would be really hard to not do that, though. And it, and I mean, I guess you, <clears throat> I guess you kind of have to do it to learn what to do and then become yourself. Yeah, it's just weird, even playing old music. Um, I don't know. Playing? You mean playing old like stuff that you guys did on your first record? Even that sometimes. There's there's certain I don't recognize that person sometimes. Um, but the sentiment's still there. Like all of our big songs are fun to always going to be fun to play. Like I don't understand the people that write those big songs and then don't want to play. Don't the big play hits. them anymore. Like mm. I get the gut to be like, please pay attention to other stuff. We're we're we've grown, mm-hmm. but there's that there's that connection and that it's so fun. Like in that moment when everyone's singing I, along to the same thing. I heard a great story about Steve Tyler. Um, Aerosmith. Oh yeah, and they were sitting around. He was sitting there with Joe Perry, is the guitar player, and um, <laughs> and they were listening to some old music and stuff that you know, and stuff that they were thinking about maybe doing uh, on, on stage. And he totally. and uh, he said uh, they were playing one song, and Steve Tyler said, "God, that's a that's a great song. That's that is a great song. We ought to do that song. Who's that?" And Joe Perry said, "That's us, asshole." <laughs> We did that ten years ago. Totally. Ten years ago, we did that song, and it's on a record. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't recognize his own voice. He didn't recognize. It's true. And he went, "Oh my God, it is us, isn't it?" Totally. Yeah. That's. It's just you know you change a lot as things you go do. on. Um, so uh, Static Prone than any other bands after that? Um, no, just Neon Trees. Honestly, like really, me and Chris, are the guitar player for Neon Trees. We were, we would play together acoustic. We but we always were called Neon Trees just because I had that name mm-hmm. since you know high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean like the sound wasn't ever what it was until until we became a band. You know until Provo. How did uh, so you you come to Provo and you start and you're playing and uh, your uh, Neon Trees is kind of forming and how what was it like? How and how long did it take to kind of get it all gelled together and and when did you sort of really hit it mm, it was very quick like i got back from my mission where'd uh, you go i went to nebraska oh boy yeah it was inspiring I'll bet. <laughs> flat isn't it flat is yeah yeah um i came back and i was like really actually upset that chris had moved to utah i, was, I wasn't I was like, that seems mm-hmm. totally not part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was gigging around California and, and realizing soon that I needed Chris to play, you know, music with. So I got there and immediately just was like, okay, I can see he's like planted roots here. We're going to be here for a minute. And he had had guys that we he was sort of playing with up there. So we just, just decided to like get together. And it was literally like oh, two weeks after I had moved 
to Provo, and there was this uh, billiard hall called Oz, but it's it's been called a million things, but it was called Oz at the time, and they mm-hmm. had like a loft upstairs. It was literally two weeks after moving to Provo, and we walked in as a group, and they're like, are you the band playing tonight? And we were like, yeah. And sure. then like <laughs> about five minutes, and we're like, okay, well, we're not actually pl- the band playing tonight, but we want to book a show here. We're a band. And they booked us for 10 days later, and we had no songs. Like, we had songs that me and Chris had maybe written together, like, before my mission. And, like, mm-hmm. I had written some music. But so we wrote 10 songs for a set and played them 10 days In later. 10 days. And, like, 70 people came to our first show, which was really kind of cool. And I immediately was like, all right, we can do this. So we just literally every day would write music and then started just booking shows. And then when Valor opened in Provo. The club down there, yeah. He gave us our first head, like headlining show. It was about two months after I'd moved to Provo, and so it, it like it was years and years of like hustling mm-hmm. and playing shows wherever. But it was it was right away after. Yeah, yeah fast when yeah. it when it happened, it happened fast. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's a uh, it's a it's a crazy business, and it's and it, and as you describe the music, mm-hmm. um, you, you know it's it's a process of finding yourself as an artist, but it's also been a process I know of finding yourself as a mm-hmm. as a person and who Tyler Glenn is. Yeah. Um, talk about that. I, I I heard you talk about it at length and very movingly. I thought at the. Um, the big uh, LGBT um, Equali- equality, Allies yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the big banquet that it was about three years ago now. Or? I think it was 2015. Uh, yeah. yeah, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it's uh, it's finding yourself as Tyler Glenn was is a pretty amazing process too, wasn't it? Yeah, it's only been recent because I. But when it happened, it happened quick. It did happen. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> you know. I mean, I came out. Um, and that was like a step finding myself, but I still didn't like, I think it was like, that was the first step of like accepting a part of me, but I didn't know what to do with it. Um, I didn't, I was still Mormon. I didn't know how to like, and I still believed that was the, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that was the problem, but that was the, like the thing. Cause so it was, it was still like, okay, I'm gay, but I've always been gay. Now I'm just openly gay. And now I feel kind of like excited to be a whole person, but then like was still totally believing. And I think I, for a year after being out, just focused so hard on how, how to be a gay Mormon that I really didn't even focus on like how to just be me. Yeah. Still. Or should so, I, yeah. Should, or I mean, should you be a gay Mormon at all? Yeah. And that, I think that's, I mean, you can make a choice about one of those things. Right. I think. And, well, and the one is not being gay. That's, that's not a choice. Well, yeah. And I, I discovered that and that's only been like a, about a year, year and a half ago. So I, you know, they the policy they released in 2015. Um, you know, just it, that like jump started my, down the rabbit hole Le- leaving thing. the leaving the LDS church as right. well and I did it I did it you know in through art and I did it through music and um and I did it in some sacrilegious ways that I don't view sacrilegious anymore but mm-hmm. you know to some people it was very like yeah I intense, mean well that solo that solo record that you did uh it's, it's sure. just last year right yeah yeah last and month. uh there's there, there's some stuff on there that I think uh 
uh, believers who find very harsh and sure. and uh, you know, I mean, I don't, but yeah, yeah, but uh, there are probably people who would find it really offensive. It's been com- that's been a complex thing, especially starting Neon Trees again, and starting Neon Trees only kind of like essentially a year after making that record. It's like it's kind of interesting to to see some people being like like uh oh, I'm I'm unsure if I can get back into your music but that's honestly been just sort of the local mm-hmm. thing and yeah. like I see that you know I think it hits some of the band members more personally because they live here and they they're still DS and that's created a really complex thing in my life but it's been also been the, m- the most exciting, freeing, creative moment of my life to be able to make that album. So, uh, uh, it, it's I guess there was some question, wasn't there, that whether you guys would continue as a band after your personal I odyssey f- there. I don't know if there's ever a definitive question, but like I think within the band, we didn't talk to each other for a very long. You know, it mm-hmm. felt like a long time. You know, at least six to six months for sure. We we just weren't communicating. Mm-hmm. We were still playing shows, and we would just would. I don't know how much laundry I want to air, but we were ju- we were just like kind of not. You would do the shows, but not. We do them, but not yeah. even really look at each other. And yeah, it's very surface. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. But I understand. Like, I, it took me a minute to like, because I was begging to be seen, and like I wanted, I wanted the respect of like you guys know, the journey I've been on of anyone you know that I've tried to make Mormonism work, you know that I wouldn't just throw this out because because I'm trying to offend you. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing where I was like, I want to be seen. And, and then I was like, wait, they need to be seen too. I've made it really hard for them to be in this band right now. And like, they're Mormon and it's not safe for them. And so there was that weird it's like- kind of, un- in a way, it was kind of unfair to them. In a, in a sense, but it, for me, I was like in that, I was in that very pure like- wow, I have discovered something that's limited my whole life and like it used to be this thing that I clung to as truth and it's not. And I I went through that like, I think as many people do, like that awakening period where you're just like, I want everyone to know this isn't true and I want to, you know, I want to save people from, you know. You you want to, you want to be a, you want to proselytize. You want to proselytize. And I used to be the guy to be like, I can't believe he's doing that and like, I'd, I've seen friends leave the church over the years and it's like, and I got it and it was painful and it, it but it was painful because it triggered so many times that I was so judgmental of people processing their faith mm-hmm. and leaving. And I don't know. It was just a very pure, like when I made that album, it wasn't like years after I'd processed it. I was m- making the music and making the videos as I was doing it. And like, there's a part of me that looks back and I'm not at any like I'm not like sad or sorry about anything that I did mm-hmm. with that record, but like I look back and I'm like, I'm glad I'm not in that space anymore. Like it's good that a year later I've found things that are keeping me like, you know, feel whole and, and healed Ground, and grounded. grounded and, yeah. and what, what's the name of that record, by the way? Excommunication. Excommunication. It's very, it's very <laughs> on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty pretty much says it all, doesn't sure. it? Sure. Have, have you been excommunicated, or did you did, did you did you file, formally leave the church? No, I haven't. Um, I haven't been excommunicated. I actually, I've been, you know, approached by the church a couple times to to meet to meet up, and I. I just don't see the point 
Um, what do you what do you mean to meet up to 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 discuss your future? Uh, no, to more to like discuss how they can, you know, when they were really when they were reworking, for example, the Mormons and Gays website, um, they were doing a two point and they they wanted to sit down and sort of discuss like how they could go about it. The LDS Church did yes, and and also mm-hmm. I could have, you know. I could have taken a meeting with any of them that I that I wanted to, and I was told that, and I was told they had seen my videos, and so it's very interesting to me that I am that much on their radar and they're aware yeah. of it, and they yeah. haven't excommunicated yeah. me, and that's the thing. It's like so I I haven't removed my name because I'm like I kind of want that opportunity. Like if like I'm not asking them to be to ex me. I don't even think about it anymore. But it's more like. You've X'd people that you've X'd other people, you know, for other reasons. Why? Why not? It seems so arbitrary, doesn't it's it? Kind of just like, yeah. and I. It'd be nice to have that moment to be able to like look, uh, look some of them in the face and explain my truth to them. If if I had that moment in that sort of court, but I also don't. I don't think about it, and it's not a pressure I even live with anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, talk talk a little bit about. Um, so when you, I mean, you came out, but you you knew you were gay. I say when I was three, but like I don't. I mean, I just knew. I I remember my first crush was in like second grade on a boy in class. So I like always. So when did you quit hiding that fact? <clears throat> did you? I mean, I like after after my mission, I would experiment, um, and I and um, went through that. I went through like lots of closeted that whole phase. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never, I never, like I dated women all my twenties. You, you did date women. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I think it was when I, the band broke and we were touring actively and I, it was becoming a thing and I could just like kind of hide in the band world. I was like, Oh, I'm free to be an artist. I'm free to dress however the hell I want to. I'm free to act, you know, even more, Flamboyant, flamboyant, yeah. I'm a performer, and it was just like cool, awesome. I'll hide in this, and you know, I look back at even our first and second record, and I, there were things in lyrics that I, I on my second record, I, our, our second record, I say, I hint at it a few times in songs, and I think I was just getting it out in that way. Yeah, but I never had to say the words I'm gay, and like it became a thing where I, like I didn't even want to. It was like, there's more mystique in it there was just this weird like mm-hmm. cool i can you know bowie never has said he's gay but Mo- morrissey's never really said he's gay like mm-hmm. you know so it was that kind of thing that fluidity but then it was eating me alive inside and i was it was a whole double life thing that catches up with you and i just i knew that that was the thing making me depressed um so i just went to therapy and like i remember we canceled a tour and i just remember those therapy sessions were the ones that just gave me strength to be like, this is something that I can't hide anymore and I just have to do it. So why did, why was the tour canceled? Uh, Oh, I was in a, I was in a really just like terrible place and I should, you were not well, I was not well at all. And it was really at the height of our, of our popularity too. It was 2013 and our second song was just as, big as it had, mm-hmm. it, it needed to be and like we i should have been enjoying it yeah and i wasn't and so we canceled um 
canceled the whole fall thing and I got help in it and for me like the coming out thing has been nothing but healing and exciting and all positive um it was like leaving the church was more painful than yeah well. that was the more like kind of uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah no i mean again process. and that that's the thing you had a choice in right you, you had the choice to do that and that's right. harder sometimes and I mean, you knew who you were. Talk about your, will you talk about your mom a little bit? Do you mind? Yeah, no. God, mind. I just thought uh, that was just terrific. Um, she's also talked or, or you, did she speak or did you just talk about? I think she was in like a video. Yeah, that that's night. what it was. Yeah. It was a video. She's spoken. Yeah. Where, uh, so you had talked about your coming out and all of that. And then she talked about you as her son. And I just thought, man, I mean, I just kind of choking up a little bit yeah. thinking about it right now what a what a great woman yeah i mean um like just in, uh incredible love and like it was it's never been selfish with my parents like when i told i think when i came out to my mom i came out to her she was pretty much the first person like i came out to my producer but he was i was making music with him so i felt safe but <laughs> it was my mom and i um and she just like knew what to do and she was panicking inside and she was full believing Mormon and mm-hmm. um and she just knew what to do and she and my dad took a while and he kind of did the like if you know you can call me back and say you're joking cuz i kind of like the yeah class clown guy <laughs> in the family um so it was funny like my parents thought I was joking, and I thought for sure they were the first to know and just waiting for me to come out. Yeah. But they're incredible, and they, they've they gone from, like, these, like, kind of panicky but trying to keep it cool parents, like, a few years ago to these, like, incredible allies of just LGBT people in general and, like, mm-hmm. like stunning, like, to just see my, excuse me, just to see my dad, like, because my dad and I were not, like, ever buds but like we have just become you know great friends and um i just love him and what, what are their what are their names vision. by the way uh debbie and dale De- debbie, <laughs> debbie debbie and dale. dale my god how american Quite can we be? yeah what are they what do, do you meet what? dales anymore <laughs> no not too much no, we need more dales yeah what is yeah. what does uh, dale do what was his dale for the longest time i thought he sold tvs that's how distant <laughs> we were like he was just very uh, he's a salesman, but he sold medical device <laughs> metal, precious metals to medical devices. I thought he sold TVs. I did. Like, not like in the last couple of years, yeah. but like, you know, when I was aloof and stealing from him and <laughs> being a te- terrible teenager. And uh, Debbie is, uh, did Debbie work or she? She is just the best mom. Yeah. yeah. And you have brothers and sisters? I do. I have an older brother. Um, a younger brother and a younger sister. And and how are they all with all of this? It's varying. Um my are they're all Mormons still and um to degrees. I think, you know, my I have a relationship um with my younger brother and my younger sister currently. I don't much with my older brother. Mm-hmm. Um and I think he's he's a great person and he's very Mormon and he um and that's fine and my sister's very Mormon, but there's just um, a different communication breakdown with my older brother right now. So, are they all in California? My all my siblings kind of uh, 
for one degree or another followed me up here after and i don't think they necessarily follow me but i think i i just moved here first and then so everyone's kind of up here and it's the glenn family diaspora right (laughs) yeah uh so um uh so music um is uh obviously about the most important thing in your life i would think yeah i think there's been way more of a focus on like uh some health too with me because mental health Mm -hmm. so music and you're fine though right yeah i I think you seem fine but i am no i'm still just a very you know i only feel fine in the last few months to be honest like i wasn't fine you remember when i saw you downstairs and i didn't recognize you? i know i know i i didn't recognize you and, and you said Bill, we've met before. It's it's me, Tyler Glenn, Neon Trees, and I did. And I think part of the reason I didn't recognize you is mm-hmm. well, you had changed your hair, yeah, and I all had, of that. But yeah. you didn't look well. Yeah, I just wasn't. A, you know, yeah. You looked. I mean, you just didn't. I just felt like I had the rug pulled on, under me, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I was just like figuring out how to just even be me. And I think that was, you know, I don't know. I do. I'm, I'm very like in a good place right now and that's exciting to me yeah. but i and i don't have the weight of the world or the weight of everything on my shoulders mm-hmm. like i used to so that's so, nice so uh, neon trees is working uh, on a a new record right now yeah. we, we uh heard a single um yeah which, what's it called feel uh, good feel good yeah and it's it's good Thanks, it's got a, got hand claps in it it's got some claps uh, <laughs> now is there uh, uh have you finished all the songs or and you're just putting the uh, you know the we're icing all, on them or what yeah to two degree like we're writing still um we have most of the record i think the record that we want to make but i think what's exciting is we haven't been around for a while so we're just kind of figuring out how to put out music in 2017 yeah what's ch- talk about that a little bit i mean it's uh, the whole record company thing—that's all, all changed. And, yeah, yeah. What's what do you what what do you what do you think the plan is? It we're supported. Uh, we've been on Island Records for since our career started, so two two thousand eight. Um, they've always been great to us, and we've had great success. I think it's just a, they've they've changed as a label because the music industry's changed. Because, I mean. How I mean, how does it? It affects radio just as much as it affects bands, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's interesting. But I, I think I feel more excited and creative than I did when we were when we first started making records. So I think that's good. Like I'm not tired of this band. I'm not tired of mm-hmm. making the music we make. Um, that's will it, one. Will thing. it sound like neon trees mostly, or is yeah, it, or has th- it changed in a way? I think. I think there's a degree of like modernizing, but I think we've always been a band. And this first single is a taste of what you sound like a band on our record. Mm-hmm. But we've always, we've always been a pop band. And I, I think people, you know, think pop is scary, but I mean pop like in the way the Smiths were a pop band. Like I just think melodies and mm-hmm. and and danceable yeah, music. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of a, a lot of kind of it's bright. It's bright. It's bright sounding. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and so yeah, but I think on our records we've always dabbled. But you know, our our you know the hits that we've had are have been a style of music that has worked. So we're trying to look at what we've done well and and make music that m- makes us like excited. So mm-hmm. it's cool. Is it uh, is it? The, I've heard it said that in the music industry now that bands don't make make money 
selling records anymore. Yeah, not really. Uh, they the, that's why they're so, you know there are so fucking many tours uh, like this so this many, summer yeah. right yeah. now here in, just in Salt Lake and Provo and yeah or festivals. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just that. But and I and somebody said, well, that's because that's how the bands are making their money these days. Is you got to be on out on the road making money from gigs. Yeah, I mean when you have. It's sad because you kind of live or die by the hit. And yeah. if you're a band that doesn't think that way, if you're, you know, then that's hard. And if you're an artist, that's hard because like artists don't always naturally write hits. And so it's like, I don't know. It's a very complicated space. It's this weird hot 100 space. Yeah. How do kinda... you think? How do you, I mean, do you, I mean, it would seem to be really n- not good, but maybe you have to think, how do we make a hit? Do you think that ever? I, I don't think about it consciously. I think I my natural leaning is always to go pop because I, I just, that's the music I was brought up with. But like pop music of like all eras and all genres. Like I just, I love melodic melodies. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not a, I feel more capable than ever to write a song. It's just kind of figuring out like the brand of Neon Trees, which I hate. Like, yeah. like, okay, what are we known for? What have we done? Mm-hmm. And and that's sort of when it gets a little like, okay, this is, feels businessy and, and brandy, yeah. but I don't f- feel like we've ever been too brandy, seemingly. I think uh, because we do, we make records, we are musicians, we write our music, like we've, we aren't millionaires, we do this because <laughs> we love it. It's in that way i think it's pure mm-hmm. but i also want to like reject that weird wiring that i had growing up of that like selling out mentality because like i i think we live in an era now where there's so many ways to put out your music and so many ways to get it heard and luckily we've had times where we've had been on commercials and i think that's actually helped our music and helped our shows and when, when you get a, when you get a, uh, a song that's uh co-opted for a commercial sure or like you know some sort of plus that makes cross platform that makes you a lot of money doesn't it that's some of the money stuff i mean somebody uh i think somebody once said that blur song two yeah that that's been used on so many you know movies uh trailers and commercial they would never have had to do another song ever They, they 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 could they retire on money just from that song being used in all kinds of different yeah not to be crass or whatever but the most money i think we've seen are from those sinks and and then from our tours but it's so in a way you still make money doing music it's just not maybe what you like not the dream that you bought into i think you're right though you you get out get that get that bullshit out of your it's bullshit yeah yeah it's because you do what you do and if it gets co-opted like that okay fine yeah still have a soul don't get don't be soulless but there there are wonderful ways to get your music heard and and reject that weird Mm -hmm. you know because i loved punk music so it was like there's so many rules in that there's so many rules in being in a band in general and it's Mm -hmm. interesting to watch pop artists or hip-hop artists get to like be creative and think outside the box but sometimes as a band you like have to be pure and you Mm -hmm. have to be like that old sound and yeah it's yeah it's complicated as a band but who cares like there's bigger things (laughs) (laughs) going on in the world but uh so uh the the new song people can hear it where 
um, all the everywhere, all just, the iTunes and mm-hmm. Spotify. It's called what's it called again? Feel good. Feel good. It'll get in your head. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. a month from now, watch out. It'll be. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> it'll be everywhere. Yeah. Right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, and then uh, when when is a, a whole record, a whole album? going to be ready do you think yeah so we're i mean i'm meeting them in like an hour to continue um it's kind of we're in the stage of like we have a bunch of songs and it's like do we want to release a couple more singles the rest of this year do we want to release an ep and then a record next year and i think that's just like trying to see that's a whole marketing thing that i don't like naturally think about but i you know it's just kind of like climbing back into 2017 as the band and then uh like a a tour yeah so i i mean to answer your question the album will be next year and and tour will be next year but it but for then probably for sure yeah but we have shows and 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 lots of things to finish out the year and Mm -hmm. just kind of trying to get back in into the place again uh i want to just go back on one thing and then we'll we'll wrap it up um uh, and i i wanted to go back to your um your parents for a second, D- Dale and Debbie. Yeah. Uh, and you taught, you mentioned that they become really, uh, strong advocates mm-hmm. for LGBT people. Um, you know, uh, Dylan's mother, my ex-wife, uh, has said, and I think it's right. And, and I think other people have probably said it too, that the, um, uh, Mormon church, will change will finally change its position someday on um lgbt members uh because of uh mainly the women in the church mm. be, who have gay children totally you know uh that 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 attitude will be what ultimately changes things do you think that's true and and do you think that they and do you see a day when now i'm not suggesting that uh, that gays will ever you know go have temple weddings mm-hmm. but that it will be uh much more acceptable the church will be more accepting and and you know and if people uh, have same-sex marriages you know uh um you know just uh, what am i trying to say not religious weddings but uh, secular weddings mm-hmm. uh that, that they will be accepting of that and you know i <clears throat> you're the first part, I th- that's a very cool thought. I don't, I've never thought about that, but that's really exciting to think that the women will be. I think that, that's totally true. The women will be the ones to change the church. To to take a step back and to know that it's not actually a true church is it easier to process. It's like okay, so like the prophet didn't receive that revelation from God about blacks in the priesthood. That was because of society, and they had to. They felt pressured. So mm-hmm. I think about that with with this current issue and i'm like it's weird that in 2015 they'd even let that be a thing so it's interesting to me like i i want to say like like we're doing a show in in orem at the end of the month called love loud and it's with imagine dragons and a bunch of people and it's very lgbtq centered and it's and it's gotten the attention of the church i'm wondering what will be the thing to get it to really change? And I'm I'm thinking like decades from now, like, I don't know. And then there's that other side of me that like, just feels like in a place where I don't feel like religion's a, a very healthy thing to even be on, to be even be in the earth. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so there's that part of me. It's like, I almost don't 
care and I, yeah. I I just want people to feel like there are other options other than this strict set of guidelines that's pretty impossible unless you're one t- type of way. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I I, I read somewhere, or, God, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, it was John DeLynn or but I, or something I read that said, you know, the reason that they, that, that the LDS church hunkered down on this and, mm. and really they became even stricter, you Double know, down, the, yeah. the whole apostate thing. And, you know, right. if you're, if your parents or if you're a child of same sex marriage as well, you're sorry. Pretty violent you know, yeah, language. Yeah. yeah. Your, your, your parents are going to go to hell. Sorry. Absolutely. That's, um, that, that they, that the church hunkered down on that because they still, you know, you still need something to set, set set them apart you know we are set apart from the rest of the world absolutely absolutely we are set apart the rest of the world may be doing this but we're this is something that makes us special still you know it's the most it just i don't, it's just so bizarre to watch the front of the like with the website and the we love all our and it's like no like let's get to the heart of the matter you don't you don't you don't even recognize that we exist you call it something else half the time you don't call it being gay you your culture ejected the this house in Provo who houses LGBTQ people and kids from even being in your freedom parade on the 4th of July you know like oh the Fri- freedom festival yeah, yeah there's just this like your your culture is permeated with rejection and hate and I'm sorry and so yeah, like it's just I don't even know where that was going with that, well, but I yeah. it's really bizarre to just see because I know the Mormon people are good. Yeah. And they're I mean, and I know the Mormon people and I, I don't know the, everyone, but I and I <laughs> I just you feel don't know like everybody this, in the Mormon church. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's like I don't even feel like uh, I don't even feel like it's a it's to point out even the leaders half the time. It's just, I think it's the system and it wasn't made for our time. And it's, you know, that's, I think that's the reason why I am, was so mad at Joseph Smith last year. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily at, at like Mormons. Like yeah. I'm Mormon. I probably always will be You're in c- my cultural cultural. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, but it's really complicated. Yeah. It's weird. Well, and I, I guess that, so I was going to lead into asking you a final question. Sure. If, if that all changed, yeah. would you ever go oh. back to the church? But uh, you know, I No, I, I don't, don't even know. I, like, I'm just figuring out if I even believe, you know, we're, it's a bigger, mm-hmm. there's bigger questions now, like, which actually f- excites me and makes me feel like there's way more to live for. And so no, I, I would never be Mormon again. But be happy. That's what you need to be. Be happy or seek it. But like, also just be like, I'm stoked right now. Like, and an hour ago, I was kind of feeling anxious in my room. So like, I'm just happy right now. You know, you were anxious before you came here. It wasn't because of you, Bill. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wasn't like okay. nervous to see Good. you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad just dealing that. with general anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Just okay. Good. And Good. probably just because I've just black coffee the mormon kid Mm -hmm. trying to get used to yeah you had your coffee now you feel better there you go tyler glenn thanks for doing this um neon trees we'll look forward to more music and uh, more shows and and thanks for stopping by thank you i'm bill allred thanks dylan for producing the show and uh remember if you're pouring drinks always make mine a double broadway media podcast network 